0: All right, welcome everyone to the year that was dot dot dot. We're discussing 1997. I am your host Aaron Maxim, along with one of my co-hosts, Nate, my brother. Hello. His name is. His last name is not my brother. He is obviously my brother. So, anyway, um, if you guys are new to the show and don't know what it is, we are. Chronicling a year of professional wrestling. Um, this year we were doing. This time we were doing 1997. We are now in June. Um, last week was the King of the Ring. Um, so we're rolling into the Raw and Nitro after that. Um, so if you guys want to listen to the entire year right from the start, go to the front first show. Listen on. If not, go, if you've been listening. I appreciate it. Or if you just want to kick in and start listening now, that's fine too. However you want to do it. I don't give a shit. is as long as you're listening. Um, so, like I said, King of the Ring was last night. Or, well, last week it was Sunday. Obviously, we're rolling into Monday. Big news out of that is that um, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, is now our King of the Ring. His year of what, quoting Vince McMahon said, you're going to have to eat shit, and learn to like the taste of it. So Triple H is out of the doghouse now, and he is now your King of the Ring, and also The Undertaker successfully retained his championship against Farouk. So those are the two big stories coming out of King of the Ring. And, Nate, unless you got anything on that, we'll move into Raw or anything just, else I say.
1: Just to put uh, how old we are in perspective, those that listened and lived through this just like Aaron and I did, I was thinking about this when I was recording my show the other day. The Slice of Time, which goes back 25 years, so obviously I'm in 1997 as well, um, in November of 97 now, but just a little funny thought to think of. For those of you that lived through this in 97, when we watched this as youngsters in 97, to put it in perspective for today, it would have been 1972. (laughs) So, it's it just, you know, time's a funny thing, you know, it's 2022, this is like being in 97 and talking about something from 1972, (laughs) (laughs) because a couple of days ago, I was watching the first Starcade and I was like, holy shit, so when I was a young kid in 1997, or in 1990, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about, okay, so I'm 12 years or 11 years old in 1990, Watching Starcade '83 in 2022 is like in 1990 watching something from 1951.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, not to not to be not to be a downer, but I'm it's just like a, it's that time. Meme. Time is such
0: a funny thing. It's like that meme of that guy with like the puzzled but disgusted lick on his face where he goes, listening to kids now discuss things from the nineties is like listening to kids discuss something from the sixties. Yeah. Like, oh okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not culturally relevant. culturally relevant anymore.
1: Well, I'm just like, you know, Kendall and I watch a lot of horror movies and like, you know, serial killer movies and stuff like that when I think of a movie set in an older time, I think of something like set in the sixties or seventies. And I've noticed that a lot of movies now are set in the nineties when it's like to be in an older time. I'm like, Oh man,
0: whatever. Anyway. That's rough. <laughs> um, So moving into this raw, it is in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, it's uh, June 6th or June 9th, 1997. Um, we open with the regular Raw is War warehouse opener and pyro to kick off Raw. Still, my favorite um, beginning of any wrestling show. Um, and then Vince McMahon welcomes everyone to Raw and they're showing all the fans and they're going crazy. And Vince says they brought their signs, they brought their grandmothers. Like, I don't <laughs> understand that. Like, I don't know if it was like an inside joke or what it was, but. He, he, Make sure we let everybody know that the people have brought their grandmothers. I mean, I get what he's saying. He's trying to say that the WWF is, you know, our fan base is young all the way to grandmothers. But it was just weird the way he said it. Um, the opening launch is Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom versus the Nation of Domination. Um, the Nation of Domination, they come out. Crush and Savio are reluctant to give the uh, Nation of Domination salute, but they end up doing it. Um, Hawk and Savio kick off the match. Um, and if you have anything you want to add as I'm going through this, Nate, that's fine. Um, Crush, just so you guys know, like I said, if you haven't listened to the show, the breakdowns of the matches aren't necessarily the most important part. It's the outcomes and things like that. Um Crush ends up tagging in Farouk during the match, and Farouk doesn't want to enter because he's intimidated by Ahmed Johnson. um, He does anyway, and then uh, Johnson ends up hitting one of the worst scissor kicks I've ever seen in my life on Farouk, and he has to sell it. And you know Ron Ron Simmons was pissed. Um, The match goes on a little bit more. And the Nation, of da- Do- the Nation of Domination ended up arguing um, on the outside. And Cru- Farouk's in the middle of Crush and Savio because they're arguing. You know, he's trying to tell them to settle the fuck down. And LOD ends up coming from both sides of the Nation of Domination and basically sandwiching Farouk in between um, Crush and Savio and... Um, Crush and Savio end up getting pissed and leave. And LOD and Ahmed Johnson end up winning the match with the Pearl River Plunge. And um, basically, they're setting, they're, they're, they're putting the seeds in for something that's been building for a while now. And we're going to get there eventually tonight. Um, so the Nation of Domination has, has pretty much imploded and Farouk's pissed about it, and that's how that ends. Um, Anything on that?
1: Just the nation's about to get into its better incarnation. It's the incarnation that makes sense.
0: Yes. Um, Then Vince McMahon and Jr. Hype, um, what's coming up later on in the show, it's Brian Pillman versus Steve Austin. We're also going to see Sid versus Owen, and... um, the match that was, but was booked um, from last week's raw because gold dust won his match. Um, he's going to get to face um, the British bulldog tonight for the European championship. Um, so that's, what's coming up. Um, this week's brawl is sponsored by uh castro super clean and one 800 collect. One of those things still exists. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when it was 1800
1: collect probably still exists in like Nigeria or something. Yeah. But here it does not.
0: Um the next thing we get is Triple H coming out with China on also his favorite crown. Um uh Vince McMahon then interviews him mid-ring about um and finally, winning the King of the Ring, but then also, um, um, also about the fact that after the match, they abused mankind and beat him up, and basically said that wasn't necessary. Um, I got, yeah. Sometimes you get your your times mixed up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This, I this was a pro. Th- I thought this was a promo that was. I don't want to say it this is a different promo than what I thought it was. And i thought about it. I'm like, I I put myself a couple months ahead. So um, it's not really anything audio. It's not anything really audio worthy. Um, But anyway, um, they talk about beating up mankind. Then mankind comes out and um, Triple H ends up beating mankind up again with the crown, trying to smash it up because he never wants to wear it. Um, And that's a real life shoot thing. I heard him talk about it. But Mankind ends up kind of getting back a little bit and Triple H and China powder out and Mankind puts on the stupid crown and is like rocking back and forth. Um, basically, I shouldn't say no-selling the attack, but just it was just a way to continue Mick and Triple H and their feud. Um, so like I said, not really anything crazy, but it's just...
1: Beginning, then, beginning one of the great
0: rivalries. Yeah. And showing that, that their one off at King of the Ring wasn't actually a one-off. It's actually gonna build into an into an angle. Um and then Sunny ends up wearing or modeling the rollers War t-shirt and that's all she's wearing. And it's pretty hot. 97 Sunny just good lord. Um it's kind of depressing to think of what can't what, what <laughs> where where it started and where it ended up.
1: And now she looks like Greg Valentine. Uh, Now she looks like a
0: gym teacher from 1972. (laughs) Um, the next thing is a video, uh, a video recapping the path bulldog took to becoming the European champion. Um, so basically like his, his tournament matches and this, that and the other thing. And just, just really good putting over bulldog. Um, who I don't count Neidhart just because it's Neidhart. And he, to me, Bulldog, I think it was kind of, I don't want to say lost in the shuffle of the Heart Foundation, but do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely on the back burner. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think his European title reign got the credit that it deserved. No, he was,
1: a, he was always a guy in that company that could have been a main eventer, but they never pulled the trigger, you know? Yeah, I mean he he once in a while he would get a little taste of the main event, but I think he could have been in that picture long term, and he just they they just never pulled the trigger on him. Don't know why, but
0: I mean I mean he did have issues, Mm -hmm. but um. So the next match coming up is the European title match. Um, It's Goldust with Marlena taking on British Bulldog. One of my first notes is it's great to finally see gold dust wrestling. Somebody other than triple H. Yep. Um, and it's also, um, two of, at this time, two of the best, like pure athletic wrestlers in the business. And I don't really remember them wrestling very much, honestly, but
1: they have a good, I was just going to say this match that you're mentioning them wrestling each other. I mean, obviously they, they have like, you know, coming up with this, the Canadian stampede or whatever they're in tag matches, but this is the only time I can recall them even wrestling each other in a singles match.
0: That's what I'm saying. I got my, we might we might become liars going on and see some off match that we didn't know about or whatever, or didn't know about, but forgot about on a roll or whatever. But these two, um, honestly, I wish I would have seen them wrestle more because it is a very good match. um, Gold dust ends up turning a power slam into a DDT and gets what he think is thinks is a three count, but bulldog got his foot on the rope. Like they even did the whole like, ring the bell, the fans think he won and the refs like, Oh shit, I fucked up and they restart the match. Um, they brawl to the outside and then they both end up, um, they get counted out and bulldog drops gold dust into the steps. Um, and he's slapped by Marlena and bulldog goes to confront Marlena. Like he's going to Decker or whatever. And, uh, Ken Shamrock ends up coming out and stopping the bulldog. So looks like we're moving into a little mini feud with, uh, I don't know if it's a mini feud, but looks like we're moving into a little feud with Ken Shamrock and gold or, and bulldog. And they're sprinkling in a little bit of, uh, a little bit of what's to come with the, uh, the Canadian Stampede. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I said, these t- Bulldog Bulldog Island or Bulldog and a Bulldog and Gold Dust one-on-one was actually a pretty pretty solid match, and I enjoyed it. So, unless you got anything else on that? Nope. All right. Um, the next thing is they're going to promote their SummerSlam Million Dollar Giveaway, sponsored by Discovery Zone. Um, this is that thing they're building up to where Todd will be like with the casket with Sunny and her hot outfit. And <clears throat> there's some, there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff in that, man. Like you can tell they didn't work it because the people that win. Yeah. <laughs> man, <laughs> they, are, they are hillbilly. Yes, they ball. are. And we will get there folks. But it is fan fucking tastic.
1: Let me like, just say, t-shirt tucked into frosted jeans. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Yeah, they are. Uh, you could tell they really wanted that. They really wanted that
0: money. But <laughs> anyway, um, then uh, Doc Hendricks ends up trying to interview the Nation of Domination about their argument, but they won't let him into the. Um, they won't let him into the locker room. Um, Arut comes out and um, he's pissed and he's talking about um, how he's the leader of the nation and everybody's fucking going as they fucking but basically going into business for themselves, arguing, and he's fucking tired of it. Um, nobody will listen and they're all fucking up and failing and this, that, and the other thing. Um, he ends up. Telling Crush that he's going to be on the unemployment line, and then says something to the extent of "hotter than a jalapeno pepper." Your ass is fired, Sabio Vega. And so now Crush and Sabio are fired; they're no longer in the nation. And then Farouk turns. Um, um, Farouk turns to the the nameless goons or whatever of the of the nation of domination. And he fires all of them, tells them to fuck off out of here. And then Clarence Mason and D'Lo Brown are in the ring. And um, Farouk says there's one more guy that needs to get fired because he ain't pulling his weight. He ain't doing what he promised. And then he says, D'Lo, help Clarence out of the ring. And then he fires Clarence.
1: And Clarence throws a big old fit.
0: Yeah, Clarence is pissed. And the only member of the nation of domination that has not been let go is D'Lo Brown. So like I said, we're any and he says that he's going to rise a new nation. Like basically he's not saying that this is the end of the nation of Domination, but he's going to rebuild his nation. And, uh, well, they are. Cause this one kind of, kind of ran its course a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Unless you got anything
1: else on that? No, and I like each guy individually, but it was um, it was time for them to move on with the nation storyline. Yeah,
0: and we're going to get some new blood up in there, and some guys that were kind of treading water that finally are going to like get in their place. You know, yeah, I mean? the, yeah. the
1: nation of domination springboards a lot of careers. One oh, yeah. in particular, yeah, <laughs> Pretty big one. I don't know. I don't know if you heard of the guy or not, but seems <laughs> yeah. <was> the godfather. <laughs> Him
0: too. <laughs> and the world's strongest man. Yeah, a lot of good talent comes out of that. Um, the next thing we see is Paulie Dangerously and Tommy Dreamer arriving to the building. They're coming down through the crowd. They're gonna have a seat down at Ringside. Um, um and the match we get is Doug Furnas and Philip Lafon who are now going under the name Team Excitement like basically they they introduced them as the most exciting team in all of the WWF Phil Lafon and Doug Furnas they're basically giving these guys the gimmick of they're boring yeah everybody knows they're boring but the only people that don't know they're boring are them um and they're facing the headbangers um not a lot of notes on it. Um, Paul, uh, John, ah, Jim does mention that Paulie is very smart, knowing Rawl is live. You know, like like if we come out, it's not like they can edit it out of the show, right? Like if it was take, just take us out, so we show up when it's live. Um, Lawler's obviously annoyed that um, they're there. Um, one of the other, only other notes I have in it is Furnace ends up hitting his drop kick. And I got to say that Doug Furnace has one of the, he's in the top 10 of like top 10 best just looking fucking drop kicks. His drop kick is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's it's crisp. It's mm-hmm. like a guy, he kind of, I don't, I don't want to say that he sl- he got smaller, but he wasn't as Ripped as he was when he got before he got to the WWF, you know, because he went right. to Japan and had to lean down, and I'm sure they were probably like, "You gotta, you gotta not be that big, or you're gonna get fucked. They're gonna fuck you up over here," you know what
1: mm. I mean? Well, not just that, but if he wanted to wrestle a, a faster, quicker, slicker style, being 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 as tight and muscular as he was wasn't a good thing because you're just yeah, you're gonna, gonna, gonna tear get, something every yeah, five, that's five what I'm seconds. Saying, you're gonna
0: get hurt all the fucking time. That's why Batista had a derailing career but um i shouldn't say derailing but you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's why he got hurt more than a lot of those other guys because he was too fucking big um cornet said when he got there when he got to like ovw he had like two percent body fat cornet was like "I ain't gonna work <laughs> like you got <laughs> burgers and shit yeah <laughs> but um the match is going on and then um LaFon ends up accidentally um, splashing furnace and the headbangers get um, the stage dive or whatever on furnace and the winners of the match are the headbangers. So that's how that match went. I said nothing really substantial in it. Just a match to get these two teams on TV. Um, Then Jerry Lawler and Rob Van Dam cut a promo about um, um, Paulie dangerously and Tommy dreamer. and, like Lawler just saying that Rob's the only piece of talent and um and sorry I admit I had messed up and said that um Lawler was on commentary that like he was upset about them being there. He wasn't in the booth. Um I just kind of got ahead of my notes and Lawler cutting the promo, you can tell why he wasn't in the booth because Lawler sounds sick as fuck. Like <laughs> like it, he is he is under the weather. Like his voice is all scratchy and he's sniffling and shit so they're probably like we're not putting you on the fucking whatever um and then there's a recap of um the the brian pillman steve austin situation when steve busted into his house and everything like that but conveniently there's no gun shown like they they kind of cut that part out um and then the war zone begins and Steve Austin kicks off the war zone being interviewed by Vince
1: McMahon. Um, oh, they... Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just, uh, side note. I, um, um, I follow uh, Brian Pillman Jr. on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and he posted a cup, f- whenever it would have been, whenever it would have been like the, the 26 year anniversary or whatever he was like, Twenty six years ago, this crazy bald man broke into my house, and my dad and my dad fought him off with a gun. And blah, blah. It was I don't know. It was just funny because he posted it like it was a serious thing, you know. Yeah. This, this crazy bald man broke into my house, beat up all my dad's friends outside, and <laughs> yeah, they had pulled a gun on him. He ran away. But no, it was, it was just funny because he he posted it like in kayfabe or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was great.
0: Anyway, <laughs> my favorite line of that whole thing though was Kevin Kelly oh god well not even that like pillman they're like what happened what happened he's like P- austin broke in pillman pillman pulled the pulled the gun austin saw the gun and he just left <laughs> like, <laughs> like if it's real you yeah. think about like steve austin busting into the middle of the
1: some bitch pull. got a gun. I gotta go. Like he doesn't run
0: from anything, but that oh, no, man. I gotta go. He's like, but yeah, when he pulls that, Kevin Kelly does a fucking fantastic job.
1: Man. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. My god.
0: Like, the guy that was like, I was just trying to go do an interview.
1: Hit me at that. Oh my gosh, girl. Oh my, oh my god. god.
0: <laughs> side note too. I'll do a side note. Did you watch any of uh John Stewart getting the Mark Twain Award? Not yet. Stephen Colbert talks about mm. when the Daily Show was actually like like gorilla style stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. And they sent him, they wanted him to set they wanted to send him to this guy that like owned a snake park. And he said, I got there, and the snake park was a guy that lived in a camper. I just had snakes <laughs> and he had to do this interview with these snakes okay and this guy with snakes and um um Colbert was like what'd you think of the interview John or whatever and John was like it was pretty good it would have been a lot funnier though if he actually would have got bit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just, you got he delivers it better but obviously but you gotta watch. You gotta watch John get that fucking thing because there's everybody's on it because everybody loves him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, like everybody's on it, and it's great. Um, like I said, the the war zone begins. Austin kicks off the war zone, being interviewed by Vince McMahon. Um, they show Brian Pillman once again, the King of the Ring, getting his face um, um, put into the toilet. Um, um. Austin says his only reg- Vince asks if he regrets that. And Austin says his only regret is that it wasn't full of shit when he did it. Um, well, if there wasn't anything in the commode, I even think he says the word commode. It's a very Southern thing. Um, Steve Austin, um, is also the first to step up and, and say that he is, um, He doesn't even care. Basically, he doesn't even care if anybody else accepts the challenge. He's going to be in that match, Canadian Stampede, because he wants to get his hands on the Hart Foundation, uh, specifically Bret Hart. And that's how that ends. So we now know at least one person is accepted to go into um, what I think is the greatest main event in the history of In Your House, but maybe the greatest 10-man tag I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, It's fucking fantastic. But we'll get there. And the next match is Rob Van Dam versus two cold Scorpio. And I wish it was, I wish this would have been like on an in your house or something. Cause these guys, they, they do great with the time they got, but they don't, they don't have enough time. Yeah. You know? I'm
1: assuming they probably only gave him what maybe six minutes. Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Ross, they bring up, um,
0: Lawler invading the ECW um, that happened this past Saturday. So I'm sure you've probably already talked about that on your show. Um, Lawler's on headset and they, the the way they get around him sounding like shit is saying that he has an infection from the mandible claw. Like man, like mankind's old sock thing or his old hand thing was dirty and gave him an infection, and got him sick. Um, and, RVD ends up winning with a split le- split legged moonsault, which is his finisher at the time. He's not doing the five star frog splash yet. And after the match, uh, Lawler, Paulie, Dreamer, and RVD all end up starting brawling with each other. So it's just accentuating the feud between Jerry Lawler and the ECW, and getting Rob back on the back on the TV. Mm-hmm. They don't explain their way out of them saying that he wasn't allowed to compete. Like they don't even bring that up like
1: it was yeah like, fuck, just fuck one it. of those things are like fuck it it was
0: nobody remembers
1: <laughs> it's wrestling yeah it's like uh, and then
0: Ken Shamrock comes out he doesn't have his um music that is um that everybody remembers him having. he still has like this like soft core porn music. <laughs> It's weird that horns and it's like, what is going on? It doesn't work, um, but he's coming out and he's going to be on. Um, he's going to be commentating on this next match, which is um, a non-title match between Owen Hart and uh, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid. Uh, Jim Neidhart is with Owen. Um, The match is, it, it, it's actually a pretty good match between Owen and I don't remember them wrestling one-on-one a lot either, but it, it's a good match. Um, but nightheart keeps trying to get involved, which pisses Shamrock off, and he gets mad, so he ends up attacking Nightheart and they brawl, which distracts Owen, and Sid ends up getting the choke slam on Owen Hart and pins him one, two, three. So Sid beat Owen um in a non-title match. I'm going to assume at this time, that Sid was probably one of the names they were thinking about putting in that match. But I don't think he's long for the WWF. Sure. No, no, he's not. So, um, so I'm assuming that's why they gave Sid that victory. Um, um, then Sable comes out. Um, looking all the way live here, and she's modeling her Raw TV show shirt but she's doing it out in front of the crowd and the reason they're doing it that way is because they have mark marrow come out and in his opinion she stayed out there a little longer than she should have and he's mad so he pulls her back so we're moving into uh moving into jealous marrow um like one of the only points in his career where he's actually interesting and
1: entertaining yes and big because we're doing ninety seven and your next year's not gonna be ninety eight it's not like it's a, this is gonna spoil anything for like the next year and a half or whatever but one of the one of the most fun and I would never say that Mark Marrow was even in my top 100 prof- favorite professional wrestlers. but one of the most fun things ever like to me heal things a like piece of shit heal things is that fucking shit where? They're like, they have the match between him and her, and if she loses, she has to leave. And he pretends like he's gonna like lay down for her, and and then he puts her in that small package, and he he has that celebrate. Yep. I, it's just I don't know. It's just it's like this. That's uh, like one of the most shitty, awesome yeah. heel moves ever. Like it's great,
0: because <laughs> she was supposed to find somebody to wrestle for him, and yeah. she's gonna do it herself. Because I don't need no man to fight my battles and. Oh, I didn't know you hated me that much. I'll just it's, let you go. And then it's also me.
1: it's also hilarious when Pat Patterson slaps her on the ass and just she slaps him. <laughs> anyway, like who's the one guy
0: that we going to have smack her in the ass? Can't <laughs> say it's like, you know, sexual harassment. Yeah. Sexual harassment. The gay guy. Yeah, who's the <laughs> one guy that doesn't even want anything to do with her ass. <laughs>
1: Pat. Pat
0: do it. Um the next thing, and I'm not gonna play the whole promo, but it is the end of um shouldn't even say promo interview of Mick or Mankind McFoley Cactus Jack telling the story of his career. Okay, and it's built up and Jim Ross is interviewing him, and I'm gonna play the audio, Nate, and I want you to tell me what, the f- like, after it's over, what the funniest part of it is, okay? Because okay. to set it up, guys, Jim's been interviewing Mick, and he's been talking to him about, like, pain and, and this, that, and the thing, and mankind's still, in the interview, he's still crazy or whatever. So here we go. Now where the fun starts? Is it where a doctor injects a 12-inch needle into the discs of my spine so I can wrestle one more day? What me? Let the party begin. I can't believe you sit here and ask me those questions. Do I bring it on to myself? I haven't done a damn thing to you. All you've done to people is mislead them and let them think that I'm having the time of my
1: God of life when I'm in pain. Don't you look at me with that smug look. You make me sick. A man of integrity. I'm to smack you. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy,
0: Jimmy,
1: he's gonna need some help, and again, uh, obviously I'm amazed that you haven't suffered any more trauma than you have as a result of that. Well, you know, I don't think that any professional athletes have ever put their hands on a broadcaster. I think that's uncalled for, but in the same respect, I think I have to take some professional responsibility for the questions that I ask, and I think I pushed the wrong buttons. And for that, I apologize. It certainly did not end uh, the way that I wanted it to. And it yes, but nonetheless, uh, you asked uh, a tough question. Unfortunately <laughs> uh, our WWF fans want, then, although obviously they would prefer it not to end that way. We thank you <laughs> They're like from the serious. <laughs> like, I,
0: I, he beat me up, and it was my fault. <laughs> Here goes the hog guitar man and Rockabilly. <laughs> like he's got this serious look on his face, and that shit. Like, the <laughs> oh, first time I saw, like the when I watched it, I'm like, that's funny. That's fucking wrestling right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving
1: along. <laughs> Moving along. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about your pain and discomfort. But moving along... Rockabilly
0: on night. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, so the... Ma- <laughs> the match that comes after that is Rockabilly um, facing Bart Gunn. Nothing happens in this match. Rockabilly over with the shake, rattle, and roll. Um, that's really all there is to say about it. Enough said. But, yep. Um... And then Brian Pillman versus Steve Austin is supposed to happen. But the Heart Foundation ends up mugging Steve Austin before the match can start. Mankind comes out to try to save Steve Austin. And the hearts powder away. And somehow, it's not even really explained, um, it turns into Mankind versus Brian Pillman. (laughs) Like, they cart Steve Austin out, but... They don't do anything where it's like mankind's like, I'm going to take the match instead. They just start fighting and the referee's like, fuck it. I guess this is a match. Ring the bell. Yeah. Ring the bell. Um, Then Vince McMahon um, discusses briefly about HBK and Bret Hart getting into a fight. So this is what we thought it was earlier. This must be where they actually got in that altercation because Bret is Brett's nowhere even with them. this is where they both get sent home yeah. and, or back to the hotel, whatever you want to call it. Cause Brett's not anywhere to be seen on the show. Um, um Pillman ends up like pulling or Pillman ends up pulling like mankind's hair out of his head and he's like shoving his own hair down his throat. Um Mankind ends up getting the mandible claw which brings out The Hearts, which now brings back out Stone Cold Steve Austin, but Steve Austin's also with Ken Shamrock. Um, They run off the Heart Foundation, Um, and then um, Steve Austin ends up stunning Ken Shamrock, and then flipping off Mankind and leaving. So, that's how that went, and um, that was the end of Raw. And um, it's not the end of my my um, discussion of this Monday Night Raw, though, because there were several signs that I wrote down. I like mm-hmm. doing this new ECW because the signs are obviously obvious there. But this one, th- these crowds were. This crowd was on point with some of their signs. Um, uh, the one sign said "Sid Rock." Squeegee scissors kind of like rock, paper, scissors, yeah, rock, squeegee scissors. Um, there was another sign that was like a big heart and it said Bischoff plus Borella for life. <laughs> so Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan are in love. And then the next sign isn't anything about wrestling, it just says, You ready for this? Uncle Carl rate Keith. Jesus, <laughs> Like, I don't know what that
1: means.
0: I, I mean, I know what those words together mean, but
1: someone, Someone's calling for help.
0: <laughs> yeah, Uncle Carl raped Keith. So, <laughs> that apparently happened.
1: Um, I just, that reminds me, I saw a uh, thing in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, and somebody posted a uh, like a screenshot from there's probably a raw from like 2004 or 2005 and it said this guy this sign has no chill and the sign it, eugene it was eugene coming to the ring and the sign that the crowd that the uh person in the audience had just said retard strengths <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous <laughs> my favorite sign story though Ever though, was it because it was a real thing because it made it like to like national papers and stuff? Was that sign I can't remember the exact name that they said, so I'll just come up with a basic name, but it basically said, like, um, Chad Johnson steals from work, yeah. So somebody looked into it and he was actually stealing from work.
1: (laughs) Good thing everybody watched Raw back then,
0: yeah, and he tried to like sue, obviously, whatever. So that is, that's WWF Raw. Um, not a lot of notable stuff on it. wasn't a bad show. It was just kind of, it was just kind of there. And I have a, I have a good feeling that. Um, um, oh, that fight kind of scraps some of their ideas.
1: Oh, definitely. So. Just so that's breath, how that. Breath oh, breath. Brett went back to the hotel. Sean, Sean, quote unquote, as always quit because of a hostile work environment or whatever. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so unless you got anything on that, we'll move into Nitro.
1: Nope. Sounds good.
0: All right. WCW Nitro. I forgot to write down where it was at. Um, it's on commentary. It's Tony, Tony Shivani, Mike Tanay, and Larry Zabisco. They check in from the announce booth. Um they hype. Um, there was a segment they didn't for this show apparently opened with Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan announcing that they were going to team at Bash at the Beach, but they didn't play it. I don't know why they didn't play it. I don't know if maybe there's something in it that they didn't want to pay for or whatever, but mm-hmm. they didn't play it. Um, but they tell us that uh, Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan are going to be teaming at Bash at the Beach. Um, And we still don't know who's going to be um, um, facing them. But that match, there's a tag team match, Um, which is not the upcoming pay-per-view. The upcoming pay-per-view is Great American Bash, but they're hyping this for Bash at the Beach. And then they also announced that tonight, Flair and Piper and the Outsiders didn't want to wait for Bash, for the Great American Bash, which is um, this coming up Sunday. They want to wrestle tonight. Um so basically they're putting and that match still happens at the pay-per-view so they are putting their pay-per-view main event that's coming up on Sunday on free TV to hype the match that they're going to be having at the pay-per-view
1: the Monday Night Wars everybody stupid
0: Um, Randy Savage ends up arriving in his limo but DDP attacks Savage and um Um, DDP attacks Savage and he's brawling with him or whatever and then um, Liz ends up um, um, slamming uh, DDP with the door and then they they drive away like they speed away so DDP tried to attack was trying to get at Savage Liz slams the door on DDP and they drive away it was crazy
1: by the way, that was one of WCW's go-tos through their entire history.
0: Slam somebody's thing in a car yeah. I
1: mean, it's it's a Dusty thing. Yeah. But yeah, like how many times, you know, Barry Windham, uh, you should have said DDP, Dusty. I could probably name four or five others. They love to do that little angle.
0: I mean, it's a it's an easy angle. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah.
1: The funniest yeah. one I guess it's funny. And The funniest one is the the Barry window one at the Halloween. it Havoc. pull up and he's like, "Pa,"
0: and he's like, "Oh man!" And then they just have to drive away to the hospital.
1: Yeah, so like, yeah, he's already in the car, so Dustin just drives him directly to the hospital.
0: We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> get in the door, <laughs> then Abby shows up, and he's wearing a fucking, he's wearing them old man brown pants and <laughs> <laughs> him and him and Cactus I Jack
1: driving and... pull
0: up in a Buick. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Um, but the opening match is Juventud Guerrera teaming with the Ultimate Dragon and Super Kalo versus La Parca, Psychosis, and Silver King. Um, mm-hmm. this is Silver King's debut. Um, and he's he's um. They're having this match, and uh, uh Mike is putting over Silver King. Just people, a lot of people don't realize a lot of these Mexican stars, a lot of these luchadors, they had like careers before they wound up in the WCW. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. careers. Like Silver King been around a minute, <clears throat> and to us, we're like, oh yeah, Silver King was cool or whatever. But down there, I was like the fucking man. You know what I mean? So he's putting that over. And Larry Zabisco, being Larry Zabisco, goes, what you say his name was, Silverfish? <clears throat> He's like, no, it's Silver King. And unfortunately, when I watched this match, I'm like, you know what? Um, Silver King had his debut match in America versus... Uh, Ultimo Dragon, Super Calo, and Uvi, unfortunately, had his final match with Uvi Guerrero. Do you ever watch that footage? Yes. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, it's just horrible. Like, Uvi should have known what the fuck was going. Like, I, I'm not saying he should have known he was dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but that ref had no fucking idea what he was doing. Yeah. fucking unprofessional. It, it, it's one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. And I was like, I'm never going to watch this again. Right. But anyway, not to be a downer, but that's also it, it's. You know, sometimes a bag on UV or whatever, that's part of the reason like I watched that and I'm like, nope, I'm done with this. But anyway, working wise, everybody in this match is top notch. Um, it's a great Lucha style match. Um, there's one point where, um, um, there's an insane Frankensteiner into a reverse roll up between Ultimo dragon and psychosis. And, um, um, you, you just gotta see, I'm not going to try to explain it. You just gotta see it, but it's fucking crisp. And then Ultimo dragon, super Kolo and Uvi, end up winning when Dragon tapped Psychosis with the Dragon Sleeper um, and Dragon going to Mexico was one of my favorite stories in wrestling do you know what that is? I don't think so he Ultimo Dragon obviously wanted to get into wrestling and started and they told him that he was never going to make it that's what Japan told him they said you're never going to make it here Bland or whatever So he left And he went to Mexico And he put the mask on And he became the Ultimo Dragon And did fucking gangbusters And Then Japan was like You're phenomenal Come back And he was like no (laughs) Fuck you but then he ended up obviously going back and like starting his own promotions and shit. Right. And it, it, I love a story of a guy or a gal being told, you suck. You're never going to make it. And then by the time it's over, they're begging you to come back.
1: Right. <laughs> you
0: are able to be like, fuck you. I'm making good money in Mexico.
1: One of the biggest stars in the world.
0: Yeah. And now you're begging me to come back. And instead of being like, oh, okay. I'll come here. fuck you. I'm good where I'm at. I love when a person can do that. So good for <laughs> good for Ultimo Dragon. Um, and then Mean Gene ends up interview and well, unless he had anything else to say about that match or anything. Nope. Um, Mean Gene ends up interviewing Lex Luger about um, um, Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan, and Luger says that he'll be teaming up against Rodman and Hogan, and his partner will be the Giant. So, team boring. Even though they're over, I just think they're boring. Um, they're going to be facing each. other, They're going to be facing Rodman and um, um, Hogan, and then ends up announcing that the where am I at here? The Championship committee has decided that, um, and they had Luger announce this instead of having like Dylan come out and say it. Saying that um, the, the championship committee's mad because Hogan hasn't wrestled in like forty-five days, so they've granted him a they've granted Luger a match tonight with Hogan in Boston. So instead of saying like last week, like on their show, being having JJ say, "Hey, we're gonna have this match," they they hype it like in 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 the middle of like the first two segments. You get what I'm saying? like, Yeah. Like, that would be something that you would hype for a week.
1: Lots instead of hot of, shotting at this instead, time.
0: Instead, they're just saying, hey, in an hour, I'm going to be wrestling Hulk Hogan
1: on TV. And that's, and that's why, you know, I I always say it, WCW, and I, I'm not saying WCW was bad, all right? But wCW's TV was really in the long run only better than w I'm talking about Mondays was really only in the long run better than the WWS for like six months during the Monday night Wars yeah you know I know wCw built a brand and and, and that they they rested on that laurel for like two years you know you <clears throat> you become the top guy and it takes a while for people to realize you ain't You you ate the top guy, but I mean, from maybe like when Hogan turned until, I don't know, right around Rumble time, 97, WCW did have probably a better, more intriguing TV show. But other than that, during the whole Monday Night Wars, WWF had better TV the whole time, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, they had more exciting TV.
0: WCW might have had better wrestling, but WWF had a better, more exciting wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, Hogan and Luger later on. Um, then Mike Tanay ends up interviewing Ric Flair and Roddy Piper about facing the outsiders, and then them talking outside in the outside in the parking lot about they don't want to wait till the Great American Bash. Um. um then the next match is Alex Wright versus Chris Jericho. Um, uh, Alex Wright is full-blown heel now. Um, Zabisco um, starts rambling about golf and name drops some golf pricks that I've never heard of and um, contributed nothing to this. And then... Um, um, the match is actually really good. I shouldn't say actually. I mean... It's Alex Wright and fucking Chris Jericho, both top-notch performers, especially at this time. And Alex Wright, this is a this is a tale of the times. Um, Alex Wright ends up going over Chris Jericho when he reverses a crossbody into a roll-up and gets his feet on the ropes and pins him. So Alex Wright over Jericho was what it was getting Alex over more as a heel.
1: So the, we're talking about the time thing, like I was talking about at the beginning of the show. <sighs> okay, I know. I know that that what he does now isn't always great. And I don't always think it's as bad as like fucking Cornette or whoever would say. I don't necessarily always I guess maybe because I'm a fan. I definitely don't like Chris Jericho as much now as I did. 15, 20 years ago. And there are times where now I'm like, he's just like masturbating himself because he's got this money mark that will let him do what he wants to do. And that's fine. But he does, I'm getting to a point. (laughs) In AEW of the veterans, other than Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson, um, Jericho has made stars there. He's put people over. He's made stars. Am I right?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm getting to a point. My point is, I would now, again, I was talking about earlier, 25 years, time, you know, 97 to 72. I would say Jericho is up there with Taker and Terry Funk. At this point in his career. He is staying power and reinventing himself and putting younger guys over, making stars. He's still, you know, he's still up there. He's still a star himself, but making other stars. Like I said, a a lot of the criticism of him, of the modern time, I can see some of it. Like sometimes I roll my eyes, you know, Jesus Christ. But I would say overall... He's still a positive figure. And again, you know, you got to think about time. If you're thinking 2022 back to 1997, as far as a veteran goes, I would say you could compare him to Terry or or The Undertaker at this point. Yeah. That's just me. I don't know. Just a random thought. Um,
0: And saying like it's the Terry, like the Terry um, example is he's there. He's there. He's the... He's the same thing that Terry Funk was for ECW. Yeah. Though. Yeah. That's
1: kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Like he's for AEW, he's Terry Funk for ECW.
0: Yeah. Like they wouldn't have got, he was their name. He was the guy that people mm-hmm. knew. Like Cody was, Cody's a name, you know, and I think Cody was a name before he got there, but he wasn't like a name that people knew outside of wrestling. Right. Well, outside of wrestling, know who Chris Jericho is. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um, the next match is uh, Akira Hokuto versus uh, uh, Malia Hosaka. Um, Hokuto comes out, and I, and she is wearing an insane outfit. And the only is way... Is it like
1: I, the gas mask thing?
0: Yes. Yeah. And the the only way I can describe it is it looks like... Instead of um, Tom Hardy, they cast like Phyllis Diller to play Bane. (laughs) Phyllis Diller is Bane in the Dark Knight Rises or whatever. That's the one it was, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what that's what she looks like. I'm in the League of Shadows. It's just it's crazy. Best death in a movie ever, by the way. <laughs> just all this intelligent cerebral just bullshit. And then he's just like taken out by a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. But <laughs> I don't know if it was unintentional, but I'm just like, okay, like it is very sudden the way mm-hmm. has, And it's great. <laughs> It happens so quick that like you're almost like, whoa, okay, well, that happened.
1: Moving and on. <laughs> also, also, one of the most like uh, jarring, shocking things in a movie ever was the first time like you see Bane and then you hear his voice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Tom, Hardy, Tom Hardy said he did that voice and Nolan was like, ah, like when he like, let him hear it, he was like, ah, I don't know. And then when he saw the way that he was, like, playing him, he was like, that's fucking... That's perfect. That is perfect. And he
1: took it... I don't know. He took it from an inspiration from some British British movie character that I don't even... It's, it's, it's too obscure for me. Yeah. But...
0: I'm not a huge movie dude. Okay, you know that. But I think... And like I said, we'll get back into the show, but I think that dude is one of the greatest actors of this generation
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that fucking dude can do anything yep it's just insane it's fucking great
1: but anyway like that movie as much, movie, as, much as, movie. as i as much as i like Cillian murphy uh he's the best thing about peaky blinders yeah
0: like that, dude, that dude can do anything
1: mm-hmm. um then the next
0: interview segment is Mean Gene interviewing the Steiner brothers. And they talk about wanting a tag team title shot. The Harlem heat ends up interrupting them. And, um, they end up brawling and the fans are like super into it. Um, basically it's the top two teams that aren't the champs wanting to be like, basically the two best teams with the best records are complaining to each other about who should be the number one contenders. Um, Basic wrestling storyline never hurts to have that mm-hmm. next match is Conan versus Steve McMichael. And it's really bad. Well, it's going to be really bad. Um, and I think they knew it because Kevin green, um, attacked Steve McMichael before he can even get in the ring and they brought down the aisle and then the camera cuts back and, um, to the ring and Conan has been laid out by a broom by somebody else. And they're like, "Oh, we don't know who we don't know who hit him. Who hit him? We have no idea." But they did this angle in front of a crowd. So on the show, they're like, "We have no idea who did it because the camera wasn't on him." It's like, "Well, there's multiple cameras, right?" <laughs> and at least at least nine thousand people, asked one of the fans. <laughs>
1: If you're gonna if you're going to do that angle, just put the guy in a mask.
0: Yeah, or do it just, the back.
1: Yeah. Or like I said, if you're gonna do if you want to do it in the arena, that's fine, but just put the fucking put a fucking ski mask on the guy, and then you can be like, we don't know who that was, you know, ski mask, jogging suit fixed. Yeah, <laughs> I just fixed it for you. But instead <laughs> they just they don't show it at all. So whatever.
0: Um then Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff come out and um, this is shit. WCW did all the time. Earlier, they had Luger say that the WW the WCW Championship Committee was pissed that Hogan hasn't defended his title in 45 days. Correct. And now he's going to get a title shot. And then Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan come out, and they state that this is no longer for the title. It's a non-title match.
1: They do God, they do so much shit like that. Like yeah. at this at this point, isn't isn't um, isn't Bischoff like removed from power even right now? Yeah. So how does he get, how can he even make make that call? Like I don't, don't know. Funny. Whatever. Whatever. It's just like when I was when I was doing the uh, when I was doing slice of time this week, and. You head toward we're you're heading towards Starcade because I'm in you know I'm in November obviously. Yeah. Um, you headed towards Starcade and 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 Bischoff's making all these. Like, he's negotiating with Sting about the title match and everything. They literally never on TV even explain how he gets his power back. Just all of a sudden he has his power back. And it's like, okay, well, you did this whole big fucking thing about how Bischoff doesn't have his power anymore. You, you involved Dr. Harvey Schiller and blah, 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 blah. And now he just got his power back. Yeah, that
0: not get it. And um, one little note that I wrote that the, the, the groups in wrestling are funny. Was like guys will be best friends or whatever, but then there will be another guy that's not in the group that some of the group like in real life likes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels at one point, I know they kind of had a falling out a little bit. At one point, loved Ric Flair, you know, mm-hmm. but hated Hulk Hogan. And at the same time, Kevin Nash and and scott hall loved hulk hogan weren't the biggest fans of rick flair you know know what i mean yeah it's a weird situation that it might be a stupid note but i just thought of it when i was watching it um then hogan ends, ends up saying that he's not gonna have the match no match no match and um but he'll pose for boston then luger walks out to the ring luger confronts hogan And Hogan tells him that he sucks and he has a bad body. And then Luger ends up bumping Bischoff. The NWO come out. um, But they're kind of like held back. And then Hogan and Luger have their match. And talking about how um, stupid all of this is. Is because guess what? The fans in the building are actually really into it. So imagine if they would have done this with some hype. Right. (laughs) So um, the NWO, they try to get involved by hitting the ring. Luger ends up taking all them out. Luger gets the rack on Hogan, who gives up and submits to the rack. And um, it's exciting because Luger won, but then the NWO comes out and just kicks the shit out of him and leave him laying. So it didn't really matter.
1: He, heel hogan heel hogan like what do i say heel hogan they they literally changed the way you book wrestling with hogan being a heel because with heel hogan and WCW you know normally in wrestling you have an you have not you have a feud and then throughout the feud the heel gets heat on the face and then ultimately the face Prevails with heel Hogan, it was the opposite. The face got the heat on the heel, and then the heel, <laughs> like Hogan, essentially he's he, he he worked the same. His shit worked the same way when he was a heel as it did when he was a babyface. It was just a, a reversal of roles. Instead of the heel getting heat on the babyface, the babyface got the heat on the heel. Like everybody would always beat Hogan, beat Hogan, beat Hogan, or make him look stupid until. Until the title match, and then Hogan would win.
0: Yeah, he's got to—he's got to overcome. He's Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> Heal or not, <laughs> yeah. don't fuck with the soup. Like... But anyway, um, Mean Gene Okerlund interviews J.J. Dillon about Randy Savage beating him up, and says that um, he's not going to suspend him because he doesn't want to give him that. Luxury of not having to face DDP at Great American Bash, but he finds him $50,000 and then he says the Bash match is going to be unsanctioned. Um, and then Randy Savage interrupts and says tonight he's just going to he's like, you might as well make it hundred grand because I'm going to beat you up again. Um, DDP comes out with Kimberly, which is nice and challenges Savage to fight him now. And they end up brawling and um, thankfully we're finally, I shouldn't say it like that because it's, it's an entertaining feud, but thankfully we're finally getting to the end of it. Um, this Sunday, DDP versus Savage is going to go away for a little bit because we're getting the blow off to a feud that's gone way too long. Kind of overstate its welcome. Another thing that's overstayed its welcome is up next. It's Lee Marshall with a road report. I guess weasel jokes There's. So bad now that they're not even fun to play. (laughs) So hopefully that's going away soon. Um, What happened there? Hit some button. All right. And then the next match is um, Jeff Jarrett versus Dean Malenko um, for the United States Championship. Um, Two solid workers. Um, Just hated Jeff Jarrett at this era of WCW. He was just boring. I don't think I'm wrong in that aspect. <laughs> no, the ends of nitros, I just ble- end up breezing through them because they they never whatever. Like
1: these are still two hour nitros, right? Yeah.
0: Um, but it's two solid workers. Jeff Jarrett got a tombstone on Malenko, and then got a figure four. Um, but Malenko reversed it. So Jarrett had to separate because, you know, once you reverse the figure four, it puts all the pressure onto your knees. And then um, the referee, uh, Eddie Guerrero, comes out and um, he's got his arm in a sling. And the referee is distracted, but he gets up on the top. Eddie gets up getting on the top rope, taking off his sling, and hitting the five the five star frog splash. It's not the five the five star frog splash. It's Eddie's frog splash. Um hits it on Malenko and ends up leaving the sling on him, and Jarrett um ends up putting the figure four on him again, and Malenko's knocked out. So it's one, two, three, your winner, and new United States champion, Jeff Jarrett.
1: And folks, I just want to uh say something. I think personally the- <laughs> <laughs> that one of the silliest entrance themes in the history of wrestling is Jeff Jarrett's entrance theme at this time in WCW. Oh, it's terrible! <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's terrible. silly.
0: It's so silly. <laughs> Bischoff, he said that he didn't even want him. Like, he didn't even want Jarrett. And then he said Jarrett showed up, and he's like, everything about that guy sucked at that point. Like he's talked about, like he's like his his tights. He showed up and he had that outfit. And he's like, You're gonna fucking wear that. <laughs> you know, it's like everything about him looked ridiculous. Listen to this. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's enough. But I'm just saying, it's just, it's one of the most ridiculous entrance themes ever.
0: Bischoff was just like, Jarrett sucked. His tights were stupid. (laughs) His music sucked. (laughs) Yeah, this is bad. That's your new United States champion, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. this is trash. Um, so then the next thing is, um, (coughs) excuse me. Um, Kevin Sullivan introducing or Jimmy Hart introducing Kevin Sullivan. Um, Sully comes out to a big reaction, obviously, this is in, he's in bean town. That's why I said, I forgot to write it down there and I've said it enough to where you guys know. Now they're in Boston. Um, So Sully's happy about being back in Boston, um, and says that he wants to fight Benoit tonight, not in a match in a fight. Um, but he tells Mang and everybody he doesn't want, he doesn't want them getting involved. He wants to fight him on his own. Um, Ben up coming out, not giving a fuck that the faces of fear are out there. Um, and they're brawling, but then obviously the faces of fear, um, can't hold back. They want to fight, so they get involved, and the faces of fear and Kevin Sullivan and Jackie beat down Chris Benoit, and that's how that ends. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. The next match, we find out it's now a non-title match. It's the Outsiders <laughs> versus Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Um, usually, when Kevin Nash comes out he always said something into the camera, you know? And if you're, if you're a a wrestling fan, like, like you read shit and everything, you usually understand what he's saying. Like, I'm like, Oh, I get that. You know, this one, I don't understand. He comes out and he looks in the camera and he says, I haven't washed my hair in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any clue what that meant. Um, like you said, stupid way to hype their pay-per-view main event is by giving it away on television. Um, someone tossed, like, flares coming out and someone tossed, like, an entire, like, cup full of fucking soda and ice right at him. Fucking assholes. Um,
1: and then it's uh, it's a brawl from the bell. Uh, it's, like, yeah. it's like, listen, Cletus, nobody threw any pop at you if your fucking job is 7-Eleven. Yeah, fuck off. Um, yeah. It's like uh,
0: Blassie got hit with an egg and it fucking blinded him in his fucking right eye and ended his career. Yeah. He's like... Fucking 30 years or whatever, blood and guts, Ricky Doe's hand, you know, like, all you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. all, it all ended by did, an egg. He's like, all ended by a fucking egg. But anyway, um, um, the outsiders end up getting the upper hand. Um, Triple H ends up, um, hitting both of them low. And that brings in six. Um, so in typical in typical WCW Nitro fashion, the um, the show ends with like the NWO attacking the faces, um, and, and this is going on Piper and Flair so the Horsemen come out and Kevin Green, um, Buff Bagwell's involved, Scott Norton's involved, but then um, everybody starts fighting. The Steiners and the Heat they come back out and they're fighting. Um, Glacier and fucking Wrath and Mortis—they come out and they're fighting, and then the, the all the Mexicans from earlier—they're fighting, and then um, Savage and DDP are involved. Hogan's involved. Um, um, then Sting drops down from the ceiling, and um, um, Sting drops. <laughs> It's insane. Sting drops down from the ceiling and the NWO run like they're they're all focusing on DDP, you know. But Sting dro- like the NWO is now like focusing on DDP and they're gonna beat him. But Sting ends up dropping down and like hooking DDP to him and then going back up. So it's like when Jeepers creepers like drop like the Jeepers creepers kind <laughs> of like take somebody with him. Kind of what he did here. <laughs> it, it's insane. And um, I mean, it was it was actually I'm gonna it was actually an effective way to kind of end the show. Like the, you, you didn't get the it was a false finish or a non-finish or whatever to the main event that they were hyping, but they kind of made you forget about it by having all that other crazy shit happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so when you're done watching it, you're like, fuck, They didn't give us the finish or whatever. But by the time it's over, you're like, Well, I just watched all these guys fight, and then Sting dropped down and scooped up DV- DDP and then flew away with him. <laughs> I'm okay with it. And that's how um, Nitro basically ends. So, all in all, um, two shows that. Were decent but i will i hardly ever say this but i will say like a little more happened on nitro this week than did on on raw
1: yeah and i mean it was it was the go home show for a pay-per-view yeah you know so you always have you always have quite a few happenings there wwf is just coming off a pay-per-view so they're starting new things
0: yeah and like i said i think a lot of their ideas probably got got the kai bashed on the show because of brett and sean so mm-hmm. you know there was some rewriting involved in that shit yeah like i'm sure brett was probably supposed to be one of the things that was like part of the finish of the steve austin brian pillman match that just kind of had to whatever you know mm-hmm. pivot um so unless you have anything else on nitro
1: nope
0: um the next week where we the ah Next week when we record, we will be discussing WCW Great American Bash 1997 from June 17th, 1997 in Moline, Illinois. So if you want to watch that before we talk about it, go ahead and check it out. Or if you want to listen to it or you want to watch it while we talk about it, either way, um, it's actually a very good show. I recommend watching it. I enjoy this pay-per-view. So. So then um thank you guys for listening and we'll we'll hear you next we'll you'll hear us next week and thank you very much oh, we'll wait.